the words of Akia Garnett, many have not figured out how to create success around their vision for a greater life for themselves and those who want to help. One reason why is because a vision in itself is often bigger than the visionary who produces it. And most times a vision requires the help of many other gifted and talented people to assist in bringing it to fruition. When we create room for others to help, we ensure our vision gets a chance to live outside of our hearts and minds. This allows our vision to live on even after we die. This is why I show people a vision, how to conceptualize, clarify, and cast that vision in a way that the world can understand it and help bring it to life. Then I brand and market that vision and visionary according to their own timeline. I get to work with ordinary people who wish to do extraordinary and world-changing things. God blessed me with my gift. The men and women I work with bless me with the opportunity to help them communicate their stories. Communication is one of my gifts. Branding is one way it's manifested. This is Akia Garnett, and welcome to the Akia Garnett Show. I am so excited to talk about a topic that I believe challenges so many professionals. And when I say professionals, I mean people who are trained to do a professional job and perhaps that job comes along with business requirements as well. Today I've got a guest on my show. His name is Dr. Tom Rizal, and he is the director and CEO of the Chiropractic Center for Health. And this is an amazing center that uh, Dr. Rizal leads up. He's in charge of 26-plus people and they are all responsible for bringing to the area in the Washington, D.C. area, and I believe uh, across uh, the country and the world in, in some way or another, practices that are new age and also practices that are guiding us into an, a higher level of healthcare support services. The reason why I wanted to talk to Dr. Rozell is because with any practitioner, and that could be in the area of law, business, um, in architecture, in many, many different disciplines, when you decide that you're going to branch out and run your own business, start your own practice, create uh, an initiative out there that requires you to be at the helm for all things, including sales and marketing and branding and financial management, then you've got to have with you the capability to actually run that business. And uh, one of the challenges associated with small business owners who happen to be practitioners or professionally trained to provide a service such as engineers, um, the challenge of running that business can interfere with the ability to feel as if we are functioning in our passion. We're functioning in that thing that we believe we've been called to do. Um, I'm so fascinated with Dr. Rizal's background, with all the things that he's been doing. He is a radio show host as well. He's, I believe, I want to give a number and say he's got about 28,000 dedicated listeners weekly. Uh, he's uh, just doing things all across the world. He's connected to some very influential people who have helped him move his vision forward. And I want to give you an opportunity to hear from him how he has been able to build and grow his brand and practice as a chiropractor. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rizal. Thank you, Akia. It's great to be here. Thank you for asking me to come on. Absolutely. Before we get started, um, and, and notice that I didn't, uh, I didn't butcher your, your, your background, I didn't butcher any of your credentials, I wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, introduce your background and, and your capabilities to uh, our listeners before we jump into the conversation. Oh, great. And I've been in practice, in clinical practice, for coming up this spring will be 37 years. And I've had the opportunity, the blessing of being able to be, to say that I've been successful, extremely successful over that length of time. Uh, our practice, uh, located in uh, Fairfax, the Roselle Center for Healing, is one of the largest wellness integrative care centers uh, probably throughout the entire country. Uh, obviously, I do have my radio, own radio program, and we uh, broadcast every Sunday at 12 noon on 
FM and AM in the Washington metropolitan area, just simply called Dr. Tom Rizal Live. And we reach, as you said, 28,000 people. And uh, we also uh, reach a whole bunch of other people through the Internet. And we get calls and messages and emails from all over the world. But the Result Center is a group of natural health care practitioners, uh, chiropractors who specialize in an area of chiropractic called applied kinesiology, acupuncturists that are traditionally trained in traditional Chinese medicine. We have naturopathic physicians. We have uh, uh, nutritionists who deal with functional medicine uh, protocols. We have massage therapists. We have uh, exercise uh, physiologists and trainers and PTs. So we look at a condition no matter what it is, regardless of the name that you give it, whether it's a migraine headache or it's cancer or allergy reaction or it's back pain, from a multidiscipline venue appreciating the philosophy of that there's only three things that cause anything, and that's injury to the body, biochemical imbalance. What does that mean? That means anything that affects the body from outside in, things you eat you shouldn't, things you need more of that you don't get enough of, electromagnetic fields. We live in a hot box here in Washington, D.C., so we're constantly being bombarded by all those you know, electrical low-volt uh, amplitudes. And then stress, emotional stress. And in that, the interesting paradigm there is that the body doesn't know the difference between something that in fact happens to it through injury or through biochemical stresses or something that you think about or emotionalize. The effect physiologically is absolutely the same. And, and, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're saying that because what I want to be able to do during this show is I want to help people understand how deep you're able to go when it comes to business. But then I want to let you go so that you can talk about your area of practice as a chiropractor as well so that um, those who do struggle with, being, as I said, a professionally trained expert, and it could be law, it could be, as I said earlier, you know, you could be a CPA, or you could be an engineer, or you can be an architect. Uh, uh, those who are bringing forth their their passion in those areas of discipline, uh, again, have to balance out when they begin to venture off, or even when they are working under an organization, but they decide that they want to have a private practice on the side, they still have to balance out the requirements of running a business, of being a visionary, of being able to communicate to people who are going to help you shed light on what you bring to the world so that you can create revenue for yourself and pay the people who support you and pay to keep the lights on and all the other things that run a business, that keep a business afloat. I want to get to the nuts and bolts of that and what you're doing through your center because you've got some initiatives coming up that's going to expand your scope tremendously. And in order for you to be able to do that, you have to be trained and experienced in actually running a business. And in addition to that, understand the value of branding and how you've been able to brand yourself put your vision out there and also have that parallel with you branding yourself as a practitioner so that you don't come across as a person who's more interested in becoming profitable versus a person who's more interested in healing and helping those who follow you because of your philosophies in medicine. So help me understand and help the, the listeners understand how it is that you have become so savvy in being able to communicate your vision because you're an author, you're a speaker, you are um, a, a two-times author. Actually, you've got another book that's coming out very soon, and you've got uh, your radio show, and you've got so many other initiatives that tell me that you are a well-rounded professional. And so I want to help other people understand how they can do the same thing. Keeping keeping all the balls in, in the air at one time becomes a uh, a challenge if you don't have the background, if you don't have the capacity to do both and wear both hats, one meaning the business of which you're in, whether you're an architect, you're a doctor, you're a dentist, you're an engineer, you're a lawyer, you have the elements of that. That's the capacity of what you do. But there's the business of the business, and that piece is what keeps you alive but also makes people aware of who you are and what you do. Reputation is the thing that we all want to have, a good reputation, a solid reputation. We want to move forward with our story and make it consistent with our face, our voice, our capacity to do. So when when you talk about uh, a, a business model, if you will, it's one that really portrays the individual, the person, whether, you know, it started 
uh, you know, with uh, Jack Welch turning around GE mm-hmm. or Lee Iacocca taking Chrysler many years ago when it was down the dump through one of the, the last yeah. recessions that we had in this, this country. They were, they were visionaries, but they were people who understood the business, and the, but they understood the business of the business, and they understood what the marketplace wanted, and they were willing to step up and do what it, t- it took to give a quality presentation, a quality product, uh, a quality reputation that was becoming uh, their their tagline, basically. So with our clinic, we are expanding. We're expanding quickly. Uh, we you know we have the privilege of of treating something in the neighborhood of about 750 patient visits on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, we have young practitioners that are over the top right that know their field, they know their capacity. Uh, we started a foundation called Caring for Others back in 1998 that gives what we do to those who are less fortunate, who have nothing, and we, we do scholarships to kids that are going to integrative school, to put all those things together and to do the lecturing and the teaching and so forth. You have to have a system that coordinates all the pieces and they have to be fully intentional. If you, you know, if you want to do X, whatever it is, and you're off doing A, B, C, and D, you're going to lose that, that guiding post. You're going to lose that vision because you only have so many hours in a day. You only have so much energy, and you have to build around that basis of what you have, a focus, a vision, a tapestry that you continue to tweak. On a business model, you have to understand the coordination of quality players within within your bullpen, so to speak. You have to understand that there has to be a commonality among everyone. And, you know, GE years ago, for example, uh, every year they got rid of the lower 10% of, of uh, their workforce, and yeah. they gave opportunity to other people coming into place because what they mm-hmm. wanted – uh, they wanted people to bubble up to the top. They wanted people to, and they, they nurtured them, and they educated them, and they motivated them, and they taught them the skills that they had to have. And that's what we do in our office on a smaller level, obviously, and, and, but also the doctors that we reach. You know, when I go out and, and I do a program someplace and, and I teach doctors how to take what it is that they know, and many of these guys are great practitioners, but to be able to give them a model to be able to deliver that service in a way that, not not only supports their vision, but also gives quality to the community and quality to the people that they're they're out there trying to uh, influence. Yeah. So then, for and so then, when you talk about the business of the business versus running the business, uh, can you just explain the difference between the two for those who are listening? Sure. It's it's really pretty simple. The you know uh, a lawyer does lawyer things okay they uh they do research and they study the law and they know how to apply the principles of the law to very specific situations an accountant takes your tax returns and does audits for corporations uh in our business we take a patient who has a serious health problem and we look at them from the multidimensional viewpoint that we had talked about previously. That's the business of chiropractic, acupuncture, nutrition. It's the business of law. That's the business of accounting. But the business of the business is that piece that uh, that push uh, puts that together. It's the one that it's the marketing piece. It's the advertising piece. It's the selling piece. The rainmaker, if you will, within any corporation. The uh, the the person that's behind the scenes. Uh, tweaking and running the day-to-day operation, the uh, holding people accountable for what it is that they do. That's the business of the business. That's what causes any business to soar, and it causes many businesses that have phenomenal products, have phenomenal practitioners, to fail miserably and go out of business. If you don't understand how to tie those pieces together, how to position yourself how to tell your story, how to coordinate all of that, then you're going to fall. You're going, there's, there's nothing yeah. other than failure. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the two of the things that I've found with uh, professionally trained um, experts is either they don't particularly feel confident in the area of business and uh, being able to run those many facets throughout the day, or they pretty much just don't like it. They do not like the idea of selling. 
they do not like the idea of putting themselves out there in a way that creates vulnerability for people to uh, um, uh, critique what they've said or critique their capabilities or to critique their positioning on a particular um, area of practice. What do you have to say to the person who feels as if they are so talented that their talent pretty much speaks for themselves and that challenge in itself, not so much that they're arrogant, but they are just so passionate about the one thing that they uh, don't really give enough credit to the other parts of the business, that the business of the business that's required to keep it afloat. They have to be prepared to be mediocre because you can have the best light bulb in the world. You can, mm-hmm. you can have one that will last for thousands of hours without replacement. But if nobody knows about it, if you don't know how to get it out in, into the mainstream, if you don't know how to position and market it and sell it, it's for nothing. It's for not. You know, mm-hmm. uh, years ago I came up with or came across a definition of hard sell. And, you know, when, when you tell a, a professional you have to go sell, you have to sell yourself. And selling is the same. Whether you're dating somebody, you're selling yourself, or you're, you're, you're selling light bulbs, you're selling something. The, the bottom line is when you're selling, you have to understand that there are exchanges that are necessary. If I give you $10, I want something that's valued at $10. If I give you $10, it's even better if I get something back that's you know, a little bit more than the $10 and more than I received. But the piece is, is that when you're selling, it's really caring enough inside because you know you have a quality product you're not flim-flamming to set aside any of the obstacles the objections the pushaways to make sure that person that patient that customer that client in front of you has the opportunity to take something that's going to enhance their life and increase the quality of, of, of their existence so you have to train it's, it's just like a football team or a basketball team. We train our staff. We meet weekly. We have full mm-hmm. staff meetings. We have quarterly meetings where we spend a couple of days learning how to engage and deal with and support our patient base so they can maximize you know, their response. But those are training elements. You must train. You must know how to uh, get out there and position yourself in the public. You need to exchange with the public. You give of yourself. You begin to network and build relationships because mm-hmm. all of our businesses, whether it's yours or mine, are built on relationships. We call it networking today, very sophisticated right. term. Okay? Mm-hmm. But it's relationship building. That's all it That's is. Right. That is. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. So, And then when it comes to networking for you and at where you are, I mean, being, I guess, divided or between so many different things, how do you make time for that? Well, you know, once you get started and you have a vision and everything that you do lines up on that singular vision and then you bring people together that are support uh, of that vision. I've got people who handle all my lecture schedules around the country. So, you know, I'm fortunate they just tell me where to go and what to do at this point. Um, you know, that's that's a wonderful, you know, place to have, have uh, risen to. Uh, in the office, I have an operational manager who handles the day-to-day. Uh, but in the initial uh, phases, you have to wear different hats at different times. You can't wear all the hats all the time. So when I'm with patients, if you ever try to get a hold of me, when I'm with a patient, I'll never come to the phone. I won't mm-hmm. respond to anybody. I'm with that person then. That's great. Mm-hmm. At, at the, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm sitting there and I'm you know, going through the, the day records and I'm making sure everything is done properly and, and my staff has scheduled everything properly, that's what I'm doing. I don't try to add anything else to that plate. So I take my calendar, my week, my days, my hours, and I chunk them into specific things that I'm going to be doing at that moment. And that's the only time that I do them. I try not to overlap things. Uh, it's... it's uh, it's very, very demanding of you uh, in an emotional and also an intellectual level because it's, it's one that takes absolute pig-headed focus. You can't, you, know, you, you can't be set aside because something comes up. If you're acting in a state of crisis all the time, you won't mm-hmm. accomplish anything. You have to That's pick correct. the target and you have to start moving forward. I, I found the same thing. And let me ask you, when you go out and you speak, uh, because I know that you also play a role in encouraging others who are coming up the ranks in medicine or coming up the ranks in 
in uh, any kind of uh, area that supports chiropractic medic medicine. Uh, how do you and what do you speak about? Because when you are building a brand for yourself, as you have done, and you've been able to put out publications, your, your books, of course, uh, being able to speak or put out your audio publication each week with your radio show, going out and doing live presentations, what is the purpose of doing all that, aside from helping people understand the depth of your, your, uh, your capability in your area of practice, but what are some other objectives that you're accomplishing when you're out there building your brand? Well, I do a lot of lecturing at different schools, acupuncture schools, chiropractic schools, even some medical schools. And when I go, for the most part, I give everything back to the school. Whatever, after my expenses, I write a check and I give it back to them. The reason I do that is to create a legacy, not of Tom Roselle, but of a legacy of motivating young practitioners to give back to their community. Michael Jordan years ago said something that I've never forgotten. He said, I expect more of myself than anybody else could possibly expect of me. You know, and I realized that that had been me for many years since I was a, I was a kid, that I never compared myself to uh, somebody else. I compared myself to the goals that I set, the things I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, I looked at them. Did I accomplish what I set out to do? And then I incrementally continued to expand upon them. I looked at mentors and saw, okay, how did you do that? And I tried to find the best of the best, take what they did, chunk it down into the, you know, into my emotional physiology, and then run with that. And you know, I've learned early on to, you know, kind of uh, keep my mouth shut and and listen. Um, so when I go to these schools, I try to to take these students and I try to get them to understand that their success has to do with one, their technical capacity, but more importantly, their ability to deliver that technical uh, capacity, but in, in, uh, in the final sense, to be able to get people to understand that they have something very, very special, and that is full commitment and the willingness to do whatever it takes, if you will, to make a difference in somebody's life. And if they're willing to do that, they're willing to take the you know, listen to the, the great mentors that have accomplished far more than anybody else. We had talked at one, uh, one point before the program, and I told you that one of my friends and uh, mentors is a guy by the name of Tony Robbins, who you know, most people know to be one of the, the, the greatest life coaches, if you will, out there. He's also yeah, one of the Tony top. Yeah, who's Tony Robbins? <laughs> Tony, yeah, who's Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins yeah. is an amazing, an amazing human being, probably has more energy in his little finger than most of us will ever have in our body yeah. our entire lives, okay. and, has, and has accomplished so many great things over time. And, you know, I have... Um, I've had I've obviously been influenced by him and his organizations and his corporations and the people who, you know, have succeeded around him. But what I see, you know, what I, what I notice with Tony and what I try to teach uh, the doctors, and we have uh, uh, ten offices that we informally consult, um, is simply this, is that you move forward with a very specific game plan. If you dabble, you accomplish nothing. You have to be an expert at what it is you do, realize what it is that you're unable to be expert at, and then surround yourself with people who are expert at those things, and then catapult yourself to the next level. Each level has its filtering system. Each level, you're going to have people that are, are like super able to take you from you know, and I'm just making up numbers, let's say from $200,000 a year business to uh, a half a million dollar a year business. When you get to that level, you may find that there's some people that are no longer able. It's not that they're bad people. It's just that they don't have the business skill sets. You may find that you don't have the business skill sets to take you up to the next level. That doesn't mean that you need to disengage. That just means that you need to find the people who have the capacity to operate and move you forward on a business level because if you don't, you're stuck, you're done, you're there. And in life, you either grow and expand and continue the process of influence or you go the other way, you start breaking down. It's like, you know, we're born, we live, and we die. And our businesses do the same thing. The whole idea is that middle piece. How long can we, we make that last? You know, yeah. how, how, how 
much can we push that up? How expansive can we make that, and how qualitative can we make that? And as long as we keep doing that with the idea of expansion and quality production, it lasts a long time. Ultimately, you know, you have businesses that last, you know, a couple hundred years, and some of them spin off and they fragment and they bought out by other people. But, you know, unfortunately, some of us don't last six months. They don't last a yeah. year. And, you know, I, I know that um, you and I talked a bit about this before, and this is a question I want to have you zoom in on regarding your ability to speak both languages. My question for you is, are you a chiropractor who happens to know about business and be savvy in business, or are you a business owner who is also a chiropractor? You know, in my brain, to be successful, uh, those are, it depends on what your background was originally, and they're, they're, they're both necessary elements, and you have to be proficient, perfect, expert at both of them. Uh, I grew up in a family, uh, I'm first generation Sicilian, and my father came over here when he was 12 years old, and he became a hairdresser, and my mother was a hairdresser, and she was a platform artist, but my father was the business head of that uh, that salon, and they had six operators, and they did very well over the years, and I watched my dad, who every morning came into the salon, and before he did everything, anything else, he picked up the Wall Street Journal. So he was, his mode was, is he was, he was a good hair cutter, but he was a businessman who became a hairdresser. My mother was a stylist, a natural-born, creative, amazing woman, and uh, she was a stylist who ultimately had to bring about the, the business concepts to be successful as uh, her path un, unfolded as well. So I had the ability to see the creative portion from my mother, uh, but I also grew up with a father who was extremely successful as a businessman. So I understood that both were necessary to have something that was uh, long-term survival. Uh, so who am I today? I'm a combination of both of those things. I think everybody has their own capacity, that they have their own love, they have their own natural instincts. But if you're a lawyer uh, and you understand law and you love the law, you better hook up with somebody who has business skills, who can be the rainmaker and the developer and the operational manager of that, of that law firm. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be a great lawyer who really nobody knows about and you can you know you're not going to have all the cases that you'd like to have so they're both essential ingredients and in my particular case i'm probably uh, i'm gifted at what i do but i understand uh business from you know the the knee of my father and my godfather and the people that surrounded them and the people that i've hooked into over the years because you know there's always someone who does something better, who does something more qualitatively. If you're, you know, if you're a real estate uh, person and you want to, you, know, you want to develop real estate, well, get out there and, and study, uh, you know, Donald Trump and the Ritz, uh, Ritz Carltons and the the Marriotts and so forth, and find out what they did that was that brought them to where they are now. And then don't change anything. Do what they yeah. they, they did. And then suddenly, as uh, Tony Robbins will say, that you'll you'll take you know, decades and chunk them down into months. And then when you get to that platform, then you begin to look around you and find out what's next, and then you truly can become innovative. But, you know, why reinvent the wheel when there are very, very opportunistic venues that are available to you to learn your trade, but to set it aside and say it's not necessary or be a professional and say, well, I'm a professional, I don't sell, or I'm a professional, you know, I can't be bothered with the business end of it. That's, for me, a formula for, for failure. Okay. So then, Dr. Roosevelt, when you are, and we talked earlier about relationships being the key to pretty much everything, relationships drive the world. You don't, of course, meet your patients uh, or those all who patronize your, your practice. Why would you, um, why would you say that people come to your practice? Why are they coming? For a lot of reasons. Uh, one, 
we are more than just an integrative care practice. We are a practice that is known to care for our patients and that we care for them more than just putting our hands on them to treat them for their, their ails. We educate them. Uh, we give them a safe place to grow. Uh, we, we try to, our, our purpose is to serve, uh, to educate and empower others on their path to ultimate wellness. Very simple. And to do that, you know, you have to put all those pieces in. We have ongoing courses that are free to the public and for our patients. We call them our in-house continuing education program. So they have a single source of education and information and treatment. We try to be their, you know, the definition of physician is teacher. And we try to teach. We try to give back. We try to encourage. We try to motivate. So we do something other than just, you know, uh, getting writer's cramp and writing a script, you know, as many physicians do. Yeah. Uh, we try to be involved in the community. We go out and we give lectures to corporations. Uh, it's, it's that relationship basis of, with our patients, with the community, with, you know, our environment, uh, because without that, uh, you know, we would be like anybody else. So then with your practice, would you say or do you believe that the undercurrent or the, 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 the tone of your passion, the voice of your passion speaks through your brand? Well, I like to think so, Aki. I think that, you know, people who have uh, stayed with us and our doctors are, have been with us for many years, uh, it's because of that emotion it's because of that passion it's because of that dedication it's the legacy that i'm trying to develop and leave you know in one day and you know we're all going to exit uh that it'll continue beyond me that the day that i leave this this uh, uh this planet or this existence uh the result center for healing and the things that it touches the uh, the the foundation caring for others will continue beyond me and continue to serve people at a very very high level. Uh, if you know, if it was just about me and my achievement, I'd sit back and write a few books and retire, and I could have done that years ago. But that's not uh, the reality of who I am and and what we've created around our practice and why patients come to us. Uh, people know of us, and you know, if you go out and ask somebody, do you know about uh, you know Dr. Tom Rosell, or do you know about the Rosell Center for Healing? It, you'd be surprised that across the community, across the country, uh, professionals and people know they've heard, they at least you know have heard something mentioned about, and you know that's what we want to try to leave. That's why I'm writing books. My my uh, first book. Uh, Ageless Health, Health is a Do-It-Yourself program, was written specifically for my patients. And, you know, my operational manager, Connie Kern, uh, was bugging me. And she kept saying, are you going to write this book? You're going to be fully embarrassed because we do an annual seminar event in the Washington area. We've done it for 12 years now. It's called Ageless Health. And we have anywhere from 220 to 230 people or plus that will show up from early morning to late in the uh, uh, the day, and the information just flows like you're drinking out of a fire hose. I mean, it's very high yeah. level, very emotional. And, you know, she said, Tom, she said, you're going to be very embarrassed. You've promised this book. So I went home and I sat down on a, on a Saturday morning and finished writing the following Sunday. And the book is a manual of how to take back your life, the principles of what we've talked about, the, you know, the structural, yeah. chemical, emotional pathways, all of those mm-hmm. things. That's what that book's about. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, as I mentioned uh, when we first started, I wanted to give people an, an idea of how deep you can go when it comes to business and the concept of running a business. But I also wanted to give you um, an opportunity to talk about your passion in chiropractic medicine. I want you to explain the concept of ageless health and how our bodies do have the ability to heal itself is, is from from what I understand is is a uh, your philosophy uh, because when you are branding yourself, uh, yes, you can saturate a target audience with all of your your things your you know your radio show, your blogs, your 
um, video, whatever you're doing, your network can speak for you. But at the end of the day, can you practice? <laughs> Are you passionate in your practice? And do you have a philosophy that changes the mindset of people who really want help and healing? And so can you explain in your voice and your, from a passionate place what is ageless health all about and why has this given you the uh, uh, the desire to write about it, to speak about it, and to uh, do a documentary about it as well? Well, I, Akia, I think it starts with why I became a chiropractor, you know, to begin with. And that simply was a serendipitous event. It was about my wife. It wasn't about me. I was going to medical school. I'd already been accepted, and I had about 10 months to wait, and I had heard about this craziness called chiropractic, and I wanted to find out what it was all about. So I went out to Chicago at the, at the time, the National College of Chiropractic, which is now the National University of Health Sciences, and Sue came out in the spring of that year, our our uh, goal was two semesters, find out what it was about, because the first two semesters were pretty much the same as medical school, the, the anatomies, the physiologies, the pathologies, and all that nonsense. And then we were going to take off, and we were going to go to a university in Milan in Italy, and uh, we were going to live with an uncle, my uncle, who uh, was a uh, shirt manufacturer in, in Milan. And Sue had a history of migraine headaches that were so bad that it would take one to two days out of her life every week, the medication or the migraine. And And Sue is is my wife. Okay. And, you know, Sue's, these headaches were so unbelievable that, you know, her, her symptoms were just, you know, something that would stop her completely. In addition to that, she had very, very severe uh, endometriosis, which for your listeners is a, they're small little tumors that build up around the uterus and the ovaries and so forth, and they're uterine-like tissues. Uh, and when a woman has a menstrual cycle, they have a menstrual cycle as well. And the pain that she experienced on a monthly basis was, you know, uh, paralyzing. So the medical field suggested to her that that the only way that they were going to resolve these problems, now she's uh, 24 years of age, was to fuse the bones of her neck to stop irritation to the cord and to the uh, brain stem. And then while they had her on the table, that they would do a total hysterectomy so she wouldn't have any more menstrual problems because she would, their opinion was she would never have children anyway. You know, so that wasn't an acceptable solution to either one of us. So I said, as long as we're here, let's see if this stuff works, because I'd never been treated by a chiropractor. I was just there out of pure curiosity. So we started in a clinic outside the school in Elgin, Illinois, and the short end of a long story was that within 30 days, her headaches were completely gone, never to return again, and I have two children and five grandchildren. So that's why I'm a chiropractor today. So the, that's where the that's where the process began. That's that's that was a springboard to get me to do what I do today and to begin to develop, you know, the field. But what we do is simply this: the body doesn't need any help; it just doesn't need any impairment. And if you take away the impairment of the you know the things that are stressors of the triad of health, the injuries to the body. You know, we, we get hurt and we put up with. The bones go out of place and they lock out of place and muscles go into spasm and then they cause the nerves that go to the muscles and to the organ system to misfire, so to speak. And then your immune system begins to break down. Biochemically, we have, you know, a, a mess in our hands. We have genetically modified foods. We have foods that are loaded with pesticides. We are a society that is so demanding of something to happen immediately that we don't take the time to even sit down to eat, to enjoy, to relax. Uh, we, we grab out of vending machines. We drink more coffee and eat more sugar. You know, in today's world, you know, the, the average consumption of sugar per person is 170 pounds per person per year. It used to be at the, at the beginning, the inception of this, this country, a couple hundred years ago or so, it was 14 pounds. And we wonder why we, we were sick. So when we look at the triad of health, it answers the question, why? 
it answers the question why anything happens, but also in reverse, if you will, if you want to restore health, if you want to get the body to maximize and optimize its ability to express itself in this life, you help yourself structurally. You make sure that your structure is well-balanced, but also you exercise and you strengthen your muscles and you uh, do aerobic patterns and, and uh, that sort of thing. You eat well. You live the 80-20 rule. 80% of the food that goes in your body should be organic and alkaline. 20% should be, you know, you can cheat a little bit and you can cheat occasionally. You can have that piece of organic chocolate once in a while. And then the third side of the triangle is the emotional side. How do we handle the stresses? How do we handle the slings and arrows of day-to-day life? You know, are we willing, you know, to learn? Are we willing to pray? Are we willing to meditate? Are we willing to sit quietly and listen to some good music and read a decent book and and, uh, read some poetry and find that, that thing that works for us and bring them all together and don't do them sometimes, but do them all the time. So when we deal with a patient, you know, from the triad of health, we're dealing with them, we're, we're trying to find structural imbalances and we're correcting those and we deal with the biochemistry and we use nutrition and homeopathic preparations and enzymes and so forth. And then there's ways of releasing the emotional things, the, the learned behaviors, the, you know, the reactive patterns that we have, the neuroassociative conditioning uh, triggers that all of us have you know, put into place since we were born and we don't know how to get rid of. We've never been taught. We've never been handled the tools. That's the basis of the triad of health. That's the basis of applied kinesiology when you look at the relationship between muscles and organ systems and the things that affect it, the nervous system and blood supply and removal of toxic waste and spinal fluid motion and acupuncture energetics and so forth. That's what we do. That's how we do what we do. And it takes all those things that we've talked about to be able to manifest that in each individual patient who is different than every other patient that's in front of us. The entrepreneurial uh, person who is the lawyer, who is the engineer, who's the doctor, who's you know, the, the retail guy, each one of our businesses, if you, if you think about it for a second, are wrapped in that triad, that structural, chemical, emotional triad and you can take each one of them and break it down and it makes a whole it makes a, an amazing energetic whole that we can you know influence people with and influence them in a way that perhaps even the entrepreneur never thought was possible yeah and just like i said i mean you have the capability to go so deep when it comes to business and the capability of course to go so deep when it comes to chiropractic medicine and you know one of the things about medicine and i think any any practice area where there's a lot of technicality associated with science and mathematics and all of those great things, uh, there comes a complexity with being able to explain it in a way that's simple enough for the average person to understand it. And when I look at some of the things you're doing, like help is a do-it-yourself program, and the way you've been able to brand it and market it to people, how have you found the ability to make and take what you are doing on such a high level uh, applicable mentally to people, to everyday people who really at the end of the day just need a solution, like your wife who needed a solution. You know, how do you make the very complicated simple enough for me to say I'm ready to come to your practice? Akia, the the body is simple. You know, we make it complex. The body works in a very defined, organized, very predictable way. It's only when we try to compartmentalize the body and not look at the body in a set of systems that we get in trouble. And we know we think that you know, the, the heart attack that a man has or the stroke that a woman has is something that just happened there. It's something that was predisposed, predetermined over a longer period of time. It's one that you know, started because of the biochemical irritations, the, my mantra, if you will, sugar, sodas, coffee, teas, fast food, fried foods, alcohol, gluten additives, all the junk, all the, all the garbage, the stress patterns that we have that you know, we think, you know, we've heard the, the, the definition that stress kills. Well, it kills because it causes the nervous system and the biochemical system of the body to become altered. So we, you have to look at how those systems operate together 
and you know you sit down and you talk to a patient straight up we learned a long time ago that when we tried to be way too sophisticated about what it is that we do people don't get it they don't understand it and but if you sit down and you really say look you know you have a brain and spinal cord that's your electrical system and you have 31 pairs of nerves that come off of that and each one of those nerves divide they they go uh, in two different directions one direction is they go to muscle another direction is they go to organ system so when you see a patient that is leaning to the right or they have a shoulder that's too high or you have you know a stomach muscle that's not strong anymore that often is reflective of something else that's going on inside the body and when you educate patients to understand the simplicity the beauty of how that body is rigged how it's organized they get it and they understand you know for their own uh, perception when things are starting to break down you know if you have a knee problem if you will that is swollen and you can't go upstairs you go to a traditional orthopedic and he wants to inject it he wants to put a steroid in he wants to give you an anti-inflammatory he wants to take the fluid out of the knee but if you go to somebody like me who says well that knee is influenced by many different muscles one of them is the thigh muscle the quadricep and that thigh muscle has influences from other systems from the nervous system there's one of the nerves in your low back called lumbar three nerve root that goes to that knee it makes it move uh, you have an acupuncture circuit called small intestine that goes to that knee behind the knee you have a little muscle called uh, the popliteus muscle that muscle has to do with gallbladder function so it's a matter of re-education see we've been brainwashed over the years to take this pill for this the symptom instead of being taught that if you have a symptom it's the end product of yes. lifestyle of injuries of biochemical imbalances of stresses that have influenced these system weaknesses ultimately we do something that we should be able to do like turn around and put your coat on and you hurt your shoulder or bend over and pick up a pencil and you hurt your back or you know be exposed to somebody who's sneezing and you come down with the same cold you know dr. Pasteur who was the one that came up with the microorganism theory saying that if you got a bug you're gonna get sick and take this antibiotic on his deathbed he said that he was wrong that it wasn't the bug it was the terrain it was the environment it was the organism that was susceptible and that's why you have people that are exposed to many different things that don't get sick and you have people who go by somebody who has a runny nose and they're down for a week or more it's that understanding that it starts with the individual it starts with the person within it starts with the driver same thing in business mm -hmm. and with you know with the uh, other you know your peers in medicine or uh, again other practitioners and other disciplines who may be saying okay well it's great. I, I get it. I need to brand myself. I, I know that it's important for me to create a legacy and to build uh, a visible uh, um, portfolio of my products and services and my gifts and talents and what I have to bring to the world. Uh, and I hear Dr. Rizal talking about all the great things that he's doing, and he's just so far out there and up there, and he's mentioning people that he rubs elbows with, like Tony Robbins. Where would I jump in? Do you say to that person who's saying, okay, where do I get started? How do I get started? Find the best in your field and mirror them. Find out what they did, how they did what they did. Try to find out as much as you can about the thought process that was going on at the time they were doing what they were doing and duplicate it mirror it. don't try to change it it's like taking the recipe for a chocolate cake you know a flourless chocolate cake the best of the best all organic ingredients and there was somebody that probably spent 10 years of their life doing that and getting that recipe to perfection and now you can do the same thing you can spend 10 years of your life but why do that find somebody who's already done it and don't change the recipe do it exactly what they do and then begin to strengthen your skill sets if you know that you're weak in marketing then go learn marketing and find out people who do it the best and apply it don't dabble in it 
if you're not good at selling, then go learn how to communicate with people because that's all selling is, is really communication and making sure that your communication is straightforward, it's salient, and it's understood. If you, if you need to have somebody that can handle your day-to-day operation and you can't do it, you're a good salesman, go out and sell it. Get out of the way and let somebody else run the business. So that's where you start. First, what are your strengths and work to your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And then repair the weaknesses or supplant them with somebody who can do them for you. That's great. And then you've also got another book coming up, and uh, can you tell us a little about that? Because I do want you to um, just give us a quick insight on your expanded uh, center and um, how your brand will be even more visible um, to the world. I want you to just take a few seconds to talk about that before we wrap up. There's several books that are in play right now, but the one that's going to be released next is uh, uh, Ageless Health and Harriet Uncle Fred, The Emotional Side of Healing. And we're going to talk about how how our brain gets us in trouble, how we – let me give you the metaphors of Aunt Harriet and Uncle Fred. Aunt Harriet is that, you know, that person we all have in our lives. She shows up at at the holiday party. She's bent over. She's on a quad cane. She's got a a bag full of medication uh, probably given to her by ten different doctors, and she's never been taken off of any of them. And if you've had a headache, she's had migraines. If you've had back pain, she's had back surgery. You know, she always has to have a one-upsmanship because who she is is her illness, right? Yes. I know some on here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all looked in our, our family tree. We've got one or two yeah. of those. And Uncle Fred's the same way. He's just a, he's a curmudgeon. He's just gruff about it. And, you know, he barks and growls and carries on that way. But it's, it's about how we really break down and get sick from the emotional side, that we are what we represent ourselves to be, uh, not only in our work environment, but also in our physiology. You know, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you're right. And that all starts with, you know, the six inches, you know, between the earlobes. And, you know, there's tons of data that's out there. The problem is is that we read it, we don't embrace it, we don't understand it. There was a a woman by the name of Kathy Buckley that I met uh, many years ago. And Kathy is a stand-up comic. She's a deaf comic. And it's, she has an amazing story, a very funny lady, but the uh, short end of the story was, because we don't have the time to get into all of it, is simply this. Is Kathy was diagnosed with stage 4 female type of cancer, and they told her that she had less than six months to live, and there was absolutely nothing that could be done medically to help her, that she was going to die. And uh, they said, if we do a few things, you may have a little uh, longer, maybe two, three months, but your quality of life is going to be miserable. This was... Uh, when I heard Kathy, she was on stage delivering this message, and she said, at that moment, I changed my mind. What went through my brain was simply this. Who gives you the freaking right to tell me that I'm going to die? I don't think so. And in that moment, her entire life shifted, and she became a vegan, and she did low-level low, uh, low energy uh, exercise, and she went back six months later, still alive. The doctors examined her. And there was absolutely no sign of the cancer whatsoever. You know, in the Take It to the Next Level, you and I talked about one of the, the programs that Tony Robbins does. And it, uh, it's his four-day keynote event, uh, Unlimited Power. And the first, the first day is called Fear into Power, the Firewalk Experience. And all of us know that if we take our shoes and socks off and we stand on hot coals, we're going to have third-degree burns and maybe infection and maybe even amputation if it gets so bad. So I met Tony at at Adams Morgan, and I treated him, and we were there for the event. And at the end of the first day, here we are in front of a 15-foot, 2,000-degree hot-burning coal with no shoes and socks on. And we walk 15 feet of hot-burning coal successfully. And the only reason I relate the story is to not show you how crazy and, you know, that Tom Rosell is, but how, in fact, that the mind, the brain can control and handle and change anything in your life. A different paradigm. My feet didn't burn. I've done it 12 different times. I've, I've walked 40-foot fires and 20-foot fires and, and without ever, ever, ever having any type of injury. How is that possible? It's possible because the brain, the neurological matrix, can change your physiological perspective, something that we buy into, if you will, a social hallucination 
that says, I accept that this is going to happen. Well, you know what? Change your mind, and it won't happen. You know, I'm so so frustrated because we're almost out of time. And, you know, one of the things that I know you've talked about in the past is manufactured demand, which is with all of the pharmaceutical companies. And I'm not going to, you know, this isn't an attack on pharmaceutical companies because there are there's some great research and development that's going on right now to provide medications for people who really are battling illnesses that need a cure. And so this is not an attack on pharmaceutical companies. Uh, no, but we, can, we, can, we can leave that for my program. I'll do that mm-hmm. then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, this, uh, this is really, you know, when you start to talk about what we have been brainwashed to believe, um, it really moves us closer to that. And um, it's just sad that, um, you know, we can take a pill so quickly before um, realizing that there are alternatives. And that is, again, something that you've branded yourself in the area of helping people understand that there is a different way, there's a better way, there's a, a, a less um, uh, taxing on the body way, find total health. And I appreciate you for sharing that with us. I appreciate you, our listeners, for tuning in. I hope that this segment has given you uh, a glimpse of how you can take whatever practice or discipline you find yourself in and position it in a way to the world that they can get an idea of how passionate you are about what you're doing. And just that could be enough to have your phone ringing more, have your email box flooded with questions on how can I benefit from your services and can give you an opportunity to thrive in your area of practice, whereas uh, you've got even more people flocking to you, not just to patronize your business, but also to help you in your business. And so I thank you for tuning in. I thank you, Dr. Rizal, for giving me some of your time this morning. And I just, you know, am looking forward to finding out more about your expanded uh, services that you're going to be offering and just want to give you an opportunity to close out, uh, close us out and uh, also let us know where we can find you. Well, I appreciate that, Akia. Thank you for having me on the program. It was fun. And you know, any time that I could be of help to you or any of your listeners, I'd, I'd love to uh, to be able to assist you. Uh, we're in Fairfax. We're easy to find. All you got to do is go to rosellecare.com. R-O-S-E-L-L-E-C-A-R-E dot com. It'll tell you all about what we do, but it'll also tell you where my radio program is. It gives you a list of, of uh, programs uh, that we're doing. And, oh, by the way, on the, the 26th of January at the Mosaic in Merrifield at the Angelica Film Center, we will be showing, uh, with permission from WIDA PBS, the twice Emmy-nominated award uh, documentary on our work, Asia's Health. So, uh, uh, you know, whoever is welcome, and we'd love to meet them and shake their hand and tell them about what we do. Yeah, so can you give them that information just once more regarding the, uh, the, in the award-winning uh, program? Uh, WIDA PBS did a 90-minute 90, 90 documentary on our work. It was released a year ago, October, in the Washington metropolitan area, and it's been throughout the country. It's simply called Ageless Health, the TV special. And it's, uh, they released it just recently to be aired in theaters uh, at different uh, venues throughout the country. We're starting here in Washington. And it will be at the uh, Mosaic at Merrifield at the Angelica Film Center. It starts at 2 o'clock on the 26th of January. And we will right. be there to introduce the film and to answer questions afterwards. And everybody's invited. Awesome. Thank you so much. There you have it, folks, Dr. Tom Rozell, who showed you and told you how he is mastering your brand, his brand. And I look forward to bringing forth more guests who will also help us understand how we all can master our brand as well. Thanks again, Dr. Tom Rozell. Thank you, Kim. In the words of Akia Garnett, many have not figured out how to create success around their vision for a greater life for themselves and those who want to help. One reason why is because a vision in itself is often bigger than the visionary who produces it. And most times a vision requires the help of many other gifted and talented people to assist in bringing it to fruition. 
When we create room for others to help, we ensure our vision gets a chance to live outside of our hearts and minds. This allows our vision to live on even after we die. This is why I show people a vision, how to conceptualize, clarify, and cast that vision in a way that the world can understand it and help bring it to life. Then I brand and market that vision and visionary according to their own timeline. I get to work with ordinary people who wish to do extraordinary and world-changing things. God blessed me with my gift. The men and women I work with bless me with the opportunity to help them communicate their stories. Communication is one of my gifts. Branding is one way it's manifested.